You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. Welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. I am your host, Rob Gross. I am joined this week by Mark Shapiro, one of my uh, one of my dearest friends. We've been friends for, God, it's like 20 years now. It's insane that we're all getting so old. Um, I have, I'm having Mark on to talk about something that's really near and dear to my heart. So Mark and I are going to be talking about Phil Collins and then Phil Collins through Genesis solo Back to Genesis, solo, revitalization, <laughs> failed marriages, what have you, sleeping with nannies, all that kind of fun stuff. So, a uh, brief intro on Mark. He's been in the music industry for almost 30 years, starting off at a label such as Mutant Roadrunner. For the past 12 years, he has had Branch Marketing Collective, where he's been a freelance product manager for many projects, and pretty much full-time for the past five-plus years, Ipecac Recordings and Cooking Vinyl. He also had a stint in the bar world as co-owner of Idle Hands in New York City a few years ago, and at one time somehow owned the trademark to the word kosher for clothing, which is true because I bought a shirt. Uh, Mark Shapiro, <laughs> welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. Uh, thanks, Rob. Glad to be here. You know, it's uh, I, I figured you were going through the entire... Uh, you know, dinner at um, Vandal. And uh, <laughs> so I guess we're kind of going around the table and I'm, uh, I guess I'm what, kind of fourth or fifth now? Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but it's, yeah. you you and I, it's, I didn't even think about that. You and I had talked about that, like doing this early on and we had somebody else in mind and then we kind of like shifted gears. Yeah. And then I think now is the perfect time for people like us because we work 24 hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week. And now things are slowed down, you know, you know, I'd say exponentially, at least for me. So oh, yeah, uh, no, totally perfect. So. And, and look, at some point, I would like to have you want to talk about the breadth of work of Sean Smith. Oh but... yeah, well, well, actually, I was I was really hoping that we could talk about uh, Stone Roses being a one hit wonder. Um, but oh, I, you know, oh, nice. I think we could we could we could probably fill an hour with that. You know, I, don't I mean, know. I don't um, I don't think it takes more than about what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone's going to appreciate that when they hear this. They're so, not going to be happy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I think, you know, look, you know, you and I met through the metal world for lack of a, you know, more broad term. And I, I was in college. I was, uh, I think I was a junior or senior in college, as a college rep in Jacksonville. You were um, working for Roadrunner in New York. And I remember that we used to have these regional island Def Jam kind of umbrella college rep calls. And I was the only person that, like gave a shit about our music and yep. <laughs> everybody else was like oh cool ryan adams well look where that got you all with ryan adams <laughs> so it, it's everyone's like lost highway rounder because we did look there was some cool shit we got to work like willie nelson records and what have you but yeah. i think you and i developed a bond over that and then we finally met which i think is the coolest way to meet somebody in person was at the vintage vinyl in fords new jersey at the first ever show an in-store with howard jones on vocals for kill switch Yep. So that was, uh, that was amazing. It was. And I remember specifically there was a guy there one day. The whole time I was there, I thought he was wearing like a white t shirt under this like um, vest with all his like patches and venom. And he had a huge vixen patch on his back. And mind you, this is 2003. <laughs> so yeah. it was. Wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, it turns out he had no shirt on. He was just crazy pale. <laughs> Uh, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, somehow I'm still here. Or hey, no, somehow I ended up here. Sorry. You, you brought it, yeah. you brought the masses to New Jersey, though. Over time, you really have. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, people have been uh, trickling in, especially in you know in Rutherford, where I am now. It's like the little become a little music industry town. So, um, so yeah, hey, we're we're having fun here. I mean, when I when I worked at Ferret and did the reverse commute from the city to freaking Princeton, you know, oh, basically. God. Um, I cursed. I was like, there's no way I'm ever living in this stupid state, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And now, now five years in and eh, I, I like it, you know, and I'm, gl I'm glad I'm here now having space, you know, Oh, dude. I mean, rather than being in a city, you know, me and me and Melissa would probably have killed each other if we were in a one bedroom apartment, you know? Well, you so, had a really nice size and well laid out studio in New York. You were very yeah. fortunate that way. But I mean, compared to having a full fucking house. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely a lot better. I mean, uh, so trust me, I, uh, a, a friend, a friend, I, I don't know if you know her, but Tiffany Hauer, who works uh, for um, Monster Energy Drink and works for D Danny Wimmer Presents and Martin's Potato Rolls and Zippo oh, Light. Wow. She's like, literally, you need oh, something wow. done backstage. 
Tiffany is the fucking person. And she just sent me a photo of like uh, a, a friend of hers or a boyfriend, I can't remember. And he lives in, a, he's moving into a tall skinny, which is a style of home if you watch House Hunters, in, um, <laughs> yeah. in, in Nashville. And it's basically a tall, skinny, like separated townhome. So it's like a, a private townhome, no shared walls. Right. This fucking thing is like four bed, three and a half bath, and is fifteen hundred dollars a month. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's. I mean, we almost moved to Nashville. You know, I we know. were looking when we before we moved here. But yeah, oh yeah, I know those tall skinnies for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice that you can still get those, especially with the the crazy boom down there. I know. So, I, yeah. See, you didn't. You, you thought we'd get Phil Collins, but you got fucking <laughs> real ar- estate, real estate, <laughs> architectural. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 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 let's let's get into this because yeah. I think this is one of those ones like a like a Tom Petty or like um at least for me or an artist where it kind of the the idea the concept of knowing about Phil Collins came to me it's one of the few artists that came to me being an only child or until my brother was born 10 years later it, it um through my parents through my through my stepdad so i didn't who funny enough looked identical to the cover of no jacket required and i used to take <laughs> the vinyl and like peep my head down the hallway and he would he'd hate it so he's the one that kind of introduced me to Phil on No Jacket Required. We first got a CD player that was one of like the first ones. And I remember like, you know, don't, Billy Don't Lose My Number and Sue Studio. And that's, that was my whole introduction to Phil. And then I kind of worked my way backwards and forwards. How did, how did you discover Phil? Um, same, uh, same parent, uh, different format. Mm. So um, mine was cassette. Uh, and it was the Genesis self-titled record. Mm. And so basically my dad got a new car uh, for work and I had a cassette player. So he came home uh, with, he had gone shopping for all these cassettes. Like, so just some little background. My dad had a great taste of music. Like he was a prog rock fan, which explains a lot about me. It does. Um, it really you know, does. Yeah. Like my first concert was the Moody Blues, you know, all that sort of stuff. Wow. So, um, and so he came home with all these cassettes and it was, it was a wide range. We lived in Texas. So it was, um, Genesis, Genesis, Foreigner, Foreigner. Um, and then like Michael Jackson, Thriller, mm. Oak Ridge Boys, Greatest Hits, Alabama's Greatest Hits, Jesus. uh, Beach Boys, Greatest Hits, Janet Dean's Greatest Hits, you know? So it was like this whole mix of things, but I just remember the, you know, the, what was it? The perfection, the game, the game perfection, whatever that's on the cover. Mm. That's basically as the cover of the Genesis, you know, self-titled record. And, the, and that and Foreigner were the ones that obviously stuck in my mind. And I kept listening to them over and over again. And then, I mean, I was only, I guess I was nine years old. Um, so I just, from there, I, you know, I pretty much like every gift I would ask for would be like, oh, can I get a different Genesis tape or, you know, wow. um, you know, kind of going or, you know, going back. And then obviously he had solo record, uh, um, you know, right before that with face value and everything. So, uh, so yeah, it was, that was, yeah. So it was my dad as well. Wow. Um, that, yeah, then it introduced me to him. So were, were you, when you asked for those, did you already know that he, I mean, obviously you figured out the Genesis connection, but did you, did you know about the Peter Gabriel era and was that part mm-hmm. of it as well? No, that, that came later. Okay. Yes. Um, same, same. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was basically, you know, like, I mean, even when I started asking for Genesis stuff, it was, you know, the the Abacab and Duke, you know, like yeah. those just those those just previous records. But Peter Gabriel connection, I probably really didn't get into until he became an MTV star, you know, with the solo Same. stuff. Same. So um which wasn't too much later. I mean that was just a couple of years later in the mid eighties. So um so yeah that's uh or mid late eighties. I'm kind of bad with that right now. But it's uh but yeah and then I then I went back from that. It was really Peter Gabriel that brought me even further back into Genesis and kind of learning the whole history and everything. So well, it's such a, it's such a weird thing. Cause when you listen to those, like, you know, you're hearing Prague basically not, maybe not being born, but you're hearing it in it's like primitive stages in a lot of ways. Yeah. Obviously there was like a gentle, you know, gentle giant and all the other, you know, things that were going on at the time and everything was like super tripped out and weird and, you know, shaving your head down the middle into a triangle and not, <laughs> right. not an alien ant farm kind of way. And, and, and I didn't I, think we'd have an alien yeah. ant farm reference. <laughs> going to talk about Genesis, but hey, there we go. Listen, so. I stand <laughs> solidly by that first record and I don't know why, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's so interesting because it, it, at times that it's like when, if you were to listen to it, say a song like Jesus, he knows me and then get shown trespass. I don't know where you'd make that connection ever, <laughs> right. you know, yep. but, uh, but, but both great, great, great record, great song. But, um, but yeah, that's just, I, I think, you know, for me, uh, you know, even, even at my age, I think it, I, my age, I think it was basically like connecting 
oh, this is the guy from the Land of Confusion video. Right. Got yep. it. Because that was everything at that time. I don't think there'd ever, to this day, I don't think there's been a weirder music video. Oh, yeah. No, that's, uh, I mean, I mean, there's some weird music videos, but that, not, not that had that impact, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that like, that's like burned in my mind, like those fucking puppets. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, but it worked, man. I mean, that was. I. I wish. I mean, obviously, we. I, I could be the. You know, back in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. You know, God. If we had MTV that played a band like Genesis now, you know, it would be. It would be amazing. You know, it's. I don't know who that. Who that band would be? Is it yeah. like my morning? Is it my morning jacket? Is it something like that? But you know, some band of ugly dudes that you know <laughs> that sell out stadiums. It's you know who that would be. It would change. It would change the music industry right now. You know, if there was if that still existed, which would be amazing. I but, got it. I think hmm. I think it would be Muse. Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean Muse is. I mean, oh, I could I could talk about modern bands tricking people into liking prog rock and them not knowing it. I have totally. a whole I have a whole dissertation about placebo and Muse and Coheed and Cambria and AFI. Like, there's I I can write a book about like how everybody secretly likes prog rock and doesn't know it. Oh, totally. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I was I was talking to my friend my friend Amber today because she posted a photo of herself wearing a roll the bones like an original roll the bones tie dye. I've never even wow. seen this. It was a hideous but wonderful <laughs> shirt. And I'm like, and I know her well enough to know. And she's like, she works at Saddle Creek. She's like an indie darling. And I like I I, I know her well enough to know that she fucks with this music actually. And right. so I was like, hey, like you know, I started. And she it, it's just like that the fact that somebody who's much younger than both of us is going back to that music, there had to be a bridge. There had yep. to be. And it yep. wasn't, you know, a, it wasn't Bright Eyes. It was, it, it, it's, there's a bridge through My Chem or through, uh, yeah, Coheed for fucking sure. Yep. But there's, but but I think like Muse, Biffy Clyro, like Biffy Clyro does more shit in like odd time, odd time signatures than, than I, I think people give it credit for because they write perfect pop tunes within a prog kind of mindset. Yep. Oh, oh totally. It's, uh, you know, and I mean that was my record of the year, the, the Biffy Clyro record, and it was um, number two yeah. for me. Sorry, <laughs> Pearl Jam put out a record. I, no, I, 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 of course, no, of course. <laughs> hey, I, I, I feel you. So, um, but yeah, but no, but it's it 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 would, I would love to see if a band like you know, it, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. Muse would be that band that has, uh, you know, kind of crossed people over to, you know, harder prog rock, poppier prog rock. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes total. That's that's good. That's a good one. And and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, so, n- not not a great looking band either. So it yeah. got, not to be a dick about it, but yeah. um, so all right. So, so so that it's like I I you know an easy but hard question is in. So I guess now give me the full breadth of Phil's work. Where would you put your favorite album? Where would you put your favorite song? And you can run the gamut from I guess from Trick of the Tail to Modern Day. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, I still. I, I guess most of my love for this comes in the 80s. Mm. Um, you know, I guess, you know, whatever my age, I grew up in the 80s. Um, you know, whatever, born in the 70s, kind of grew up in the 80s. And so that's where it had the biggest impact on me. So my favorite, I mean, I, I, and maybe it goes back to my dad introducing me to him. But yeah, the self-titled, you know, 1983 record is still my favorite back to front. So um, do you feel that you're yeah. always, that you've always been chasing a dragon because that was like the first hit? Uh, I No, because... Like I, with other bands, you know, there's bands where I'm like, oh, this is my favorite record. And then over time, I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is, this is the one that hits me more, you know? Um, But with this, I just, I find myself going back to, going back to that. And I mean, the song, like probably my, my favorite song would be Silver Rainbow. Mm, Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's, and I'm not saying that just to be, oh, I'm pick out some obscure song um it's just like that in home by you know in home by, home the, by the sea, sea. that's what i thought yeah. you were gonna say yeah it's there's just something about silver rainbow i don't know what it is um but i mean i mean home by the sea actually the, melissa the other day told me i was like oh yeah it's about some guy that's like a ghost that's haunting a home by the sea and i was like wow you read up on this so i was like wow i married the right one nice. um <laughs> but it's uh but yeah no i'm yeah something about silver rainbow um and then you know, I would say probably. I know it's an instrumental, but the Brazilian oh, on man. yeah, yeah, on uh, on Invisible Touch yeah. was amazing. And I like uh, what was it the the Andy Samberg movie uh, Palm Springs that came out this year. Um, I'm not sure if you if you have Hulu I, or you saw that. But, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, there's there's a scene that uses the Brazilian, and I'm like, wow. And, you know, you're talking about people kind of 
getting crossed over. I was like, wow, they're using kind of an obscure Genesis instrumental in this, like, huh. you know, kind of in this movie. I was like, yeah, I was, I'm like, oh my God. And Melissa's like, what? <laughs> you know? I'm, like, I'm like, they're using Genesis in this, you know, kind of, you know, modern movie. So that's, um, well, that's interesting yeah. too, because like I, it's when you take a band like that and funny enough, also, you know, a power trio, my favorite police song is behind my camel, which is an instrumental song as well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we could, I mean, we could go into Russia and talk about all their amazing oh, instrumentals, sure. you know. But it's yeah, but yeah, there's that the Brazilian. There again, I I don't know what it is. It's just yeah, the, those two songs definitely definitely hit me. And I you know, as I guess you know, as when I started going further back into into Genesis, I I you know, I mean, obviously, I'm a prog fan. I've worked with two different prog, you know, with two different prog labels, and mm-hmm. I grew up on it, and and it's half my probably record collection, but. It was really, you know, like with Follow You, Follow Me, yeah. um, that like you could see where they were kind of turning a little bit more. Pop, oh, for sure. You know, like that that song, like ending that record was like, OK, we're going to be a new Genesis. Just wait. Right, and, right. Like I always felt yeah. that that was them, that they had all these songs because those records came out. Even even the transition between Peter and Phil, yep. it, it, it they happened so quickly then due to, you know, cocaine, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to speak for Genesis, but for fuck's sake, people were releasing two, three albums a year. Like, oh, my God. It's so So <laughs> to be able to release... Um, to, to change the entire scope of the band from, uh, I, I guess it was, Lam, it was, it was Lamb Lies Down, then to go right into um, Trick of the Tail, which yeah. is probably my favorite Genesis record, oh, and, wow. and then okay. to go for, for Trick of the Tail into Wind and Wuthering the same year, <laughs> yeah. then into, and then there were three. That's insane, and, and especially losing two of the five members within within that like what 12 to 18 month period so right, you can Hackett, oh yeah because steve hackett left during right, that time right yep yep he left so. like during i think during a right after wind and weathering so i think that like for me when you start that record with down and out which is top five genesis for me all time yep. and end it with follow you follow me that's like the two to me those are like the bookends of what genesis was right it was like yep. this heavy intense like proto prog, I don't even know what to call it. It's fucking crazy. That song, if that song had modern production, it'd be between the Barry to me song. Oh, I- <laughs> and you move from that to like follow you, follow me, which is by far the poppiest they had been up to that point. Yep. Yeah, that Amazing. was that was that that was def- that was their transition into. But it was like I obviously I discovered that song years later, you know, mm-hmm. um, after I you know originally discovered the band. So you know, it's it's kind of cool looking back and seeing like ah, that was. That was their bookend, as you, you 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 said it perfectly. That was their bookend into kind of changing uh, changing what they were going to be. Totally, so. and I think that they they wrestled with it. It felt like to me. I mean, look, I mean, I'm projecting, right? But it felt like to me they wrestled with that for over the course of several albums. I kept getting more and more successful, leading yep. leading up to self titled. So you felt like Abacab that it it, it 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 the tide had turned. Like there was like with like Dodo Lurker and these weirder like <laughs> proggy pieces, and then you know like a record like Duke that's split down the middle. There are some of their biggest pop gems on that record, right? but it's also like, it's very proggy at the same time. Yeah, that's no, that's, it's true. I mean, and even in the self-titled and yeah. I mean, Brazil, I mean the Brazilian in you know, invisible touch, which, you know, obviously that's totally, you know, and Dom, you know, a domino, I domino. guess that's really proggy. Yeah. I mean, that's not really that proggy, but it's like, but yeah, Brazilian was a, I mean, a total prog song, you know, and a, on a, on their biggest pop record, you know? So, well, and it's like, uh, I almost want them to, to do one more record as the three-piece because, I mean, I, I would take whatever I could get, right? Five-piece, yeah. fine, whatever. Maybe both of them on lead vocals. But I think because the way the band ended the career with Ray Wilson singing Calling All Stations, which is a fucking phenomenally underrated record. I know. You, you got, you're the one that got me to go back and listen to that. And they, it, is a, it is a good record. They it found is, a yeah. guy that <laughs> sounded like Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins in one man. And made a prog record with Manu Cachet on drums, and they made a heavy modern prog record, but then also had like Not About Us and Shipwrecked and Pop Hits. It's just that like, especially, in, you know, in the States, that tour, I had tickets to that tour when I was living in Florida, uh, in, I think it was 97, 98, and they were playing Miami Arena and the show was canceled. And the whole tour got canceled. And I, I remember like my my finally a chance to see Genesis and uh it never happened. It's still it's still on my list. I mean I hey, I was gonna I was probably gonna be in London right now or whenever that was in November to go see them because I you know, I got to, I finally got to see Phil live a couple of years ago That's in, right. you know, in LA, but I yep. still have never seen Genesis. So. so so was that the first time you'd seen Phil? Yeah. Yep. 
How so. was so just so I know he was like he was sitting down for most of that show, right? But yeah. how, but yep. how and it was Simon, his kid on drums, right? Who's some amazing He's amazing. Drummer. Amazing drummer. I remember being yeah. being in college and getting his uh his solo record, Simon Collins, and being like, mm-hmm. Oh, this kid has no chance. Because <laughs> not because it wasn't good. It's like, you know, you're you kinda have the death knell immediately when you're like the son of a fame someone that's that famous. Right. Oh, you know, I remember going to see Sting's son's band, and Sting is standing next to me at pianos upstairs. Wait, was um, I? That was fiction playing. I was there. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. Sting's like sit standing right there. You know, <laughs> it's like, and, but, but it's, it's, it's weird. It's even yeah. wor- that's even yeah. worse because he looks like a bigger version of Sting, <laughs> right? And he sounds like Sting, and it's like he ran from it for so long, and then after a while, it's like, okay, now it's completely like he signed to Jason Beeler's label, and it's like, okay, now it's undeniable. You are. Are definitely staying the sun <laughs> yep. um, but so so tell me about the show like how like explain the whole like setup how how was it for you uh it honestly it was it was great and i mean we 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 had amazing tickets uh, a friend of mine um knows uh the manager and manager was not there and we had his seats oh, so wow. um and at you know the forum basically the best <laughs> basically yeah. the best seats um because the manager owns the forum as well um oh so, did not know that uh, yeah or irving yeah so, right right it's irving off right yeah um so it and even though you know phil comes out on it with a cane and sits down on there he still sounded great um the band was amazing um so and you know they yeah they, they covered Genesis and Phil, you know, and Phil and everything and, and his soul stuff. And yeah, I, I was happy with it. I, I, Melissa, <laughs> you know, was just looking at me like smiling the whole time, you know, and yeah. it was, yeah, it was, I mean, I would have, even if I was up in the, the nosebleeds, I would have been even, I don't think there are nosebleeds at the forum. It's too small, but, um, yeah. it's, uh, it's st- like, I, it, it was, Again, I, I don't need him running around stage. I knew what I was going to see. Right, you're and, not, this yeah. is not this is not Iron Maiden. This yeah, is not. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I mean, Phil does his Broadway stuff, you know, his Broadway yeah, sure. soundtrack stuff. But sure. it's, um, but yeah, but no, this it he he sounded great, and I was I was stoked. I mean, I I still hope you know that. Genesis plays, you know, end of next year, twenty twenty two or whatever, and I can see them. You know? I know because, like, especially over the yeah. last the last couple of years that we've had, where all these legends like Petty and you know yeah. all the way down from you know to, to Cornell and all these people, they're just they're falling off, and it's like yep. you have the five. It's not only the three; you have the five. And you all still perform and play and are able, you know, at least enough able bodied to get this done. And it yep. gives me hope that you know. There's something there's I mean, I think everybody had hope when they put out that best of in 99 and they kind of redid the carpet crawlers and there was there was a behind the music about Genesis and they all kind of left it pretty much open ended and then nothing happened. And we were all just waiting and then for to, to get the notice that it was going to fucking happen and then COVID. Yeah, so. uh, I know. So, but it's, I mean, they're still whatever. I mean, they're early seventies, you know, late sixties, early seventies, whatever. Yep. They, you know, I mean, obviously it's, uh, there's other bands doing it. And I think, you know, I think they're still, you know, going to do it. And it's, again, it's, it's my bucket list. I finally, you know, in the last five, 10 years, I finally saw the Rolling Stones. I finally yep. saw, uh, the who I finally, you know, I saw Paul McCartney, you know, it's, um, this is, you know, yeah, this, this is, this is the main one. I gotta, I gotta see Genesis, you know, so it better, it better fucking happen. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, and I am like, I, and that's the thing is like, I become Instagram buddies with Ray Wilson and I'm like, <laughs> I, I am just waiting for the day that I can be in Europe because he does not, there's like, there's like certain artists that just do not tour here. And I'm like, if I can knock out Genesis, that's amazing. But if I can knock out a Ray Wilson solo show, but he only tours like Germany and Poland and Russia right so it's like it's like propane it's like (laughs) we're from we're from new york we all live in tampa but we're only we're doing a 37 date tour of germany (laughs) right like i'm not making that up it's fucking insane um have you ever like because look you know what we do is is weird it's fucking strange like it's um you know getting to meet your heroes your, your your villains all these have you ever met anybody from the band um i haven't uh that's there's I mean, I guess I've met, a, you know, I've met a lot of people from, you know, kind of big bands. Obviously mm-hmm. you have, you've done the same. Um, but no, I, I guess the one chance I had, I was supposed to go see, um, his son, uh, had a record on Inside Out, mm. uh, which I worked for, but I, I had already left the label 
and they were playing Webster Hall, the studio at Webster Hall. Oh, wow. And, and I was going to go see it because I knew some of the label people are going to be there. And I guess Phil was there, um, you know, with not a big crowd. And I was like, and I easily could have been introduced to him, you know, from, from the label people. And yeah. they, they told they told me the next day. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, th- that was just, just, you know, just, just, just shake a hand, say hi, you know, yeah. um, back when you were allowed to shake hands, um, oh, you know, so it's, uh, but yeah, so never, never met anybody uh, with the band. So, that, or that, Peter or anything, you know. But doesn't that make it like in a way almost like kind of special? Because what we do, I, I don't want to say it dilutes it dilutes it or kind of like, you know, but it makes us jaded because maybe in certain ways it does. And we have at least I haven't realized it or I don't think about it that way. But it's, you know, I have a pretty good track record. I think I've met two people over the course of time that I fucking despise, two artists. Uh-huh. Everybody else has at least been like okay to awesome. Yeah. So... You know, I I have high hopes for like. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, no, it's and it's I guess yeah, kind of being where we are. It's it's not jaded. I think it, it. I see it when I travel now. Also, like when I used to go to a new country, I would like get off the plane. I'd have like some feeling, right? You know, it'd right. be like. And now that we've traveled so much, it's hard to get that. And I think it's the same. Like if I met Phil Collins, I'd be like, oh, nice to meet you. I think that's all it would. You know, I don't think I would be that starstruck anymore. You know, but it would. It would just be like, oh, that was really. I finally got to meet him. That was really cool. But I wouldn't have like. I wouldn't be nervous. No, you know? totally, totally. So, right. It's like that. I think yeah. the last time that we hung out, um, it wasn't the last night, but the first of the three nights of Mr. Bungle, which feels like legitimately five to ten years ago, <laughs> which was in February, February of I this know. year. Oh. Um, I remember that first night. I, I we were on the roof at the Fonda, and yeah. I, I, you know, I, I ended up. I don't remember how it happened. I ended up talking to Jerry Cantrell, and then everybody else fell away. And I'm yep. si- and I'm standing there for a good solid, real ten minutes talking to Jerry Cantrell. And I'm like, like as an adult, like not as a fan, as like he doesn't know, he doesn't know right. that I'm obsessed, like, <laughs> like with his solo material, Alice, whatever, like yep. that I know his face is when he had a beard, when he didn't have a beard, when it was the bottom <laughs> goatee only, like, and, and like that. I think that was a you know, it, it's it's those kind of moments where like you reflect on it later right you know it's not you're not you're not losing your shit in the moment you keep your dignity and your pride for like until you at least get to the uber and you're like holy holy shit, shit. yeah yeah it would probably it would probably hit me after the fact you yeah. know yeah kind of that that sort of thing but yeah you know one day i mean i have friends that work with you know work with genesis and phil now so i'm sure if there was going to be some sort of meet and greet and all that you know when if and when they do play new york i would i would I would hopefully get the chance. So I, I hope you get that. I think yeah. if anyone yeah. deserves it, it is you. <laughs> so um, if you were to, you know, it's always something I think about because when you think about a band like, look, look you work with, with Ipecac and, and Faith No More, yeah. is yeah. that I, I know what my favorite record is. And I also know what, you know, I'd say Faith No More's best record is. And to me, those two things are not the same. So right. with, with Phil's breadth of his career, you have your favorite. What's the best? What's the one that would be like the gateway to like, what would you show to somebody who is a novice? Because you want to show them Invisible Touch because it has all these hits, but then also, right. or, or self-titled, but also right. is that kind of misleading them or you want to show them, you know, No Jacket Required because they know those songs or like, where do you go with an artist like this? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I was going to say, I was going to say No Jacket Required, yeah. um, but, the you know, I, I, I might go back to Genesis Self-Titled because, again, people know, um, they know a couple of the songs on there. Like there weren't, you know, the massive, massive hits on that. You know, I mean, there are songs that we know um, sure. and all that, but most people probably haven't heard Home by the Sea or, you know. Um, Illegal Alien. But, yeah, you know, Illegal Alien. Well, that, I remember that video and, and everything like that on, on MTV. Oh, but, sure. you know, yeah, but, you know, there's, it's, uh, that record kind of shows the pop side, still some of the prog, prog side, you know, and that, that kind of, I think that's what I, that's, I know I keep going back to that record and I don't want to be boring. Um, yeah, it's but, not boring yeah, at all. But it, yeah, but it's, it's, I think that's one that shows kind of all the different sides. Um, but then, but then you have to, yeah, you have to do No Jacket Required. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's like when you go see a band, like I'm trying to think, like when, when I saw Stone Temple Pilots and like, I know, I know it's, I, I listened to your Thanksgiving three giving thing and I know your, the thoughts on, you know, still hey, double pilots. I like, it's <laughs> not, it's <laughs> not me. I mean, I, no, it's I'm, Anna. That's right, Anna. Yeah, I'm but. not, I'm not a fan of Wyland as a human, but right. yes, they're right. Yes. But you just go in there like, oh my God, that's, I forgot. Like, that's a hit. That was a hit. That was a hit. And mm-hmm. then, you know, no Jack required. It's just like, even the songs that weren't hits were hits. 
Right. And right. it's so, you know, just being like, hey, this this record came out like the same year, you know, a year after and a, or a year before whatever, you know, these other massive records. Like, I don't know how you just keep putting out, you know, like, I don't even think Taylor Swift could put out that. No. It's, you know, like year after year. Well, look, you at, know? look at the hit, even when he had, like, look, every artist has peaks and valleys and it, it's, yeah. it's obviously you have to quantify it differently but you look at where phil was it's fucking insane if you start with let's say you just start with duke because yeah 1980 yeah that's, right. that's what i was saying that's why i was talking about the 80s like yeah, yeah. start start with duke yeah you, you start with duke and then literally between duke and i mean there's avocab as well but duke and then genesis and then um oh i'm sorry duke and then uh his first uh, face value oh, you, and, yep. and then genesis and then um was it was but seriously after that or was it uh no um hello i must be going right, oh, so, right, right. right hello yeah. i must be going but then you but the back-to-back years of no jacket required and then invisible touch the touch yeah and then like, i mean yeah and then i mean obviously then there's a little bit of break into you know we can't dance and all that which you know that you know, okay, you know, good record, but not, you know, not like the others. But yeah, those six years, I mean, seven, you know, whatever, seven years. I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of any artist that's had seven years like that. Even in modern, like in modern times, I don't know. I mean, what, I mean, Drake, Taylor Swift, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's like it, who's had seven years. It's of that. Di- it's different. It's like, a, I yeah. mean, look, you, you know, it's like if you're trying to get that kind of level of pop success, it's a singles game. And also, yeah. Anna and I talk about this all the time. There's a quotient now that I don't think existed back then i think it was like especially if you watch like, old footage like old cop show footage of like the 70s or 80s or like a forensic files or something it was okay to be like ugly yeah <laughs> and, I, and, and, and i'm not saying phil is ugly i, I don't mean no. that at all like if anything mike michael rutherford looks like michael gross that i pretended was my dad for many years <laughs> i'm not even joking about that so because him and i sort of look similar like you know so i'm like wait michael, right. like hey my, michael gross could totally yeah my, my dad was in tremors four <laughs> what did your dad do but yeah. but but i mean it's that's a huge part of it now where there's yes and of course do you remember when the whole like susan boyle thing happened and it was like oh my god this woman that's not this drop dead gorgeous has a whatever has a pop hit and it's like yes this is totally believable for anybody that's like over at that point what 25 like we we all knew or 30 we all we all remember a time where you could be fucking hideous and have a song (laughs) and it didn't matter yeah Oh yeah, I know, and and, and they, you know, and you, you talk about the the cop shows. I me, mean, he was on Miami Vice, you know. <laughs> so it's right. like you know that helped that helped you know even boost his career even more. Right, you know? right, and so, that's what we forgot in the yeah, middle of all yeah. of this. This motherfucker drops Easy Lover. Yeah, <laughs> that's not even on not even on his record. No, you know? yeah. and and that and that song like again like the benefits of modern production. That is a fucking riff. Oh, it's that's still yeah that that's still one of my favorite songs that he's you know that he's part of you know. Um, well, and, you, yeah. and you can always tell a lot about a person when you when you it's not even about the appreciation factor of like being a, like like a, you know, like a historian or a nerd or whatever about it where we're like, oh, but like track seven off of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Like if you put that song on and that doesn't do something to you. I don't think I want to know you. It's yeah. like a song like 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 that's all, which I thought was a Phil Collins song for a very long time because I just it, it was kind of interchangeable to some extent at at some point in the eighties. Oh no no definitely. And so. that song to me is like a top twenty song in general all time for me. Wow. And I'm not usually a hits guy, but that's about as I mean that's about that, that was probably the biggest hit off that record, right? Maybe Mama. Yeah. Uh, I, that's all was probably probably bigger. I mean, that's all might might have had like five female fans and mine had zero. <laughs> so maybe right. that, they got those five extra sales because right. of that. But you know, oh my um, god, that's uh, sadly sadly so true. <laughs> so, true. <laughs> so, but uh, but no, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh, no, it's it just it's crazy that. And again, also, you know, I guess comparing then to now, which we could do with a million things, is. There was only so many releases back then, um, and right. so many so many places to find out about them and everything. Right. So, I mean, we could get into yeah, that that that's a whole other conversation. But you totally. know, they, they they benefited they benefited from that, you know. And well, well, that's the uh, yeah. I mean, so. it, it was an event to have to have and and you know to have so much at once with him doing balancing. There's a lot of parallels between what 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 Tom Petty was doing a, a few years later. Yep. Between Traveling Wilbury's solo Heartbreakers, but right. definitely there was there's um 
the ability, like, how do I even put this? I don't even know how to put this. It's like, he was so big. He was so popular that it's, it, he transcended multiple genres. Like, I think they became, do like, do you know, was it, was it a, was it a conscious decision for them to go pop or, or did this just happen through maturity, family, age, time? I, I think, yeah, I, th- I th- you know, I mean, I read the, the, I read a book a year and I read the Phil Collins, bi- you know, autobiography when that came out <laughs> uh, like a couple of years ago. But it just I think it was it, it was more it seemed like it was more about technology. Like oh. when I remember like reading about it and just being like he was like playing with, you know, loops and you know different synthesizers and you know and things like that even when he was like kind of hiding in his you know hiding from whichever wife and you know in, in an <laughs> english countryside and right and and testing out stuff i think that if i remember correctly in the book it seemed like that's what kind of brought that element into it a little bit was yeah. sort of the, mo- the modern production um huh. that they could do and uh and you know it's it's funny like i kind of remember you know what you know i guess you know, with that modern production, I remember, I don't know why this sticks in my mind and why I'm, this is a weird angle because I'm not a musician, but the Yamaha DX7, I just mm. remember that always wanting a yep. keyboard because it was in like, you know, every Genesis and Phil Collins and eighties, you know, whatever sort of thing. And that I, you know, I did some reading on it like recently and I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that, that synthesizer kind of changed pop music a bit. Everybody was using it. And, and so I think that's, I think they probably having that sort of thing helped them, you know, kind of tran- transform more, more poppy, you know? Huh. So. Yeah. I, I never really thought, I mean, I, I never thought about it like that way. Exactly. I, I figured yeah. that the, it, look, they had done what they could do with Prague. I, and right. yeah. I, I think it's obviously the prog that you find kind of peppered into like a We Can't Dance album. But there's like minute, there's some B-sides that I think are a little stranger. and right. the, but, but obviously they came back and calling all stations. But I think, you know, it, it, it's just they had done so much of it between, you know, between the first record and between to uh, selling England by the pound to Lamb Lies Down. And then probably up until the first half of and then there were three. But definitely wind and weathering that it felt like what else can we do like yeah. w- like where else do we take this like we've done every time signature we've done every weird transition we've done every we've talked about every abstract fucking topic <laughs> like maybe like because look I, and i've heard this a lot and i'm sure you, you know you've heard this too is that like bands that make these complex massive like dream theater comes to mind where they you know they they've I don't know if they've got a record, but I've heard James Labrie, or not, I'm sorry, it was John Petrucci talk about this, that one of the hardest songs they had to write was Space Divest because, and then Wait, wait for Sleep because those songs are so simple and, right. you, and you have to have a hook. It has to be this verse-chorus-verse situation. That's not easy for a band that's known for like cramming fucking notes and like British 17th century history down your fucking <laughs> neck. So, so to be able to write a simple love song is really fucking difficult. Yeah. And yeah. I think maybe that was the that was the next frontier, that was the next challenge. Yeah, and I think I mean I I have a feeling it was like also Phil bringing this all in oh, because yeah. Yeah. I mean obviously I mean he was doing getting the chance of doing movie soundtrack songs, you know, at against all odds, you know, things like mm-hmm. that and I'm you know, I'm sure he's the one that brought that into there and you know obviously he continued with it with his, you know, his kind of throwback records and going yeah. back and you know and and everything like that and um, you know, two hearts was was that the Buster soundtrack or is that record? I can't remember. I think that um, no, wait, wait, wasn't wait, easy. Or you lo- can't hurry, love. You can't, can't hurry, love. Right, love. Right, easy love right. was Buster, right? No, no, easy, no, e- easy, easy lover was Philip Bailey, Chinese Wall. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, his sound, his soundtrack work probably, you know, obviously influenced Genesis on, you know, kind of going, you know, going even more, you know, more and more popular. Um, you know, with, with at least select songs, you know, totally off the records. Well, so. and then I'm sure at some point it was a huge cash in for him to do like the, like the, the brother bear soundtrack and things <laughs> oh like my that. God. Yeah. It's like, I think about it. It's like, you know, Hey, you know, Elton John and, and, you know, and Phil Collins made a lot of money doing Disney soundtracks and, you know, there's other, you know, other art, you know, Mark, Mark Mother's is making a lot of yeah. money doing, doing cooler, you know, cooler theme songs and soundtracks, you know? So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, Good for them. Listen, you know, that, that's they <laughs> make, deserve it. Make your living. I mean, when, when I was um, when I was working with, um, with with Danny Harrison, he was doing his whole new number two band, and then starting to do a little, dabble in like actual solo work under his own name. And I remember him doing a score where Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers was involved. They did this whole show at Jim Henson Studios, and it was like 
I, I don't want to disclose this, but the amount of money that he that they had made. I, look, I don't know what the splits are. That, that that's inconsequential. But the amount of right. money that they got paid to do this score work, and and the the ability to be to record at Henson Studios with a full orchestra, and basically to make these experimental records and get paid X amount of like zeros and zeros and zeros. That might definitely, oh shit, I could do this and be good forever and then go back and make a Genesis record and it, it, we can make it a little bit quirky, but also put these pop hits on it. Or I can, like, you know, Phil has always made, his records are pop, but they are quirky. They're not yeah. not weird. Well, well, yeah, I mean, there are songs about stalkers and hitting on women, <laughs> right. and, you know, hitting right. on women and, and not hitting, you know, and unsuccessfully hitting on women. And, you know, it's like, so, yeah, it's there. I mean, he, there, there's some, you know, I mean, Maba is the you know cre- creepiest. Song. I mean, it's it an industrial. Creepy. It's an industrial song. You right. Know? Right. Um, you know, it's uh, Throbbing Gristle could have written that. You know, totally. But, it's, uh, but yeah. So, there, yeah, he's he's always had that thing. And I guess, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, today. I mean, I. You know the the sound. I mean, soundtrack work is amazing. I mean, look at Trent. You know, it's. I know you just did your you know Nine Nails thing, but he's doing the Soul movie. You know, the Soul Pixar movie. Which I mean, I want to hear him and John Batiste do something together. Fuck yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm in. You yeah, know? Um, totally. And so, but then you know, Trent's going to go write his you know crazy records, and John Batiste is going to go write an awesome jazz record, and they're going to go you know go their separate ways. You know, but it's yeah, it's uh, um. I, I'm totally, you know, I have no, no qualms about any artist being able to kind of expand and, and do stuff. And, uh, especially with, you know, a Disney soundtrack. Hell yeah. I'm totally. sure, I'm sure any band we work with that metal or whatever would totally do a Disney soundtrack if they could. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would say no to no. this. Nobody. Yeah. Yep. But it's, it's, it's interesting that that's, you know, he's, there's not many artists like Phil that way, where there's maybe a Paul McCartney, and I, you know, and I think I mentioned this on a, on a previous show where I try to think of an artist that has had three careers separately. Right. And Paul comes to mind. You got Paul, Wings, Beatles. But yeah. I, and then, you know, you, you have Tom who has done, you know, Tom, Heartbreakers, right. Wilburys. But, and well, actually, fuck, he's had four, but Mudcrutch well, is Mud, more. Mudcrutch, yeah, Mud, that's yeah, not, yeah. Right. That's more like precursor to Heartbreakers that he revived. But when you look at Phil, he's done it. He really has had, and I never thought about this till just right now, <laughs> where yeah. he's had Genesis and then the, the multiple lives of Genesis. And then right. he's and then he's had solo, but then he's also had this whole other soundtrack and kind of like, you know, he's had this whole other life too that he's been successful in all these lanes. It's pretty remarkable. And you know, and, and I, I always think about what he's um what he's done on the reissue front where a lot of artists will just say, cool, reissue my records, whatever. Phil went ahead and reshot the cover art as he is today on all those. I know which that, was, that, like, was, that was so awesome. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Like the marketing of that, like it's almost like either somebody around him or him just gets social media because that's like, to be able to show, okay, look, yeah, this is what it looked like in 85, but here in 2016 or whatever it was, now I'm all shriveled and this is what I look like, but fuck <laughs> it, this is what I do, so here's my cover. Yep. Oh, no, I, I love it. So, yeah, no, those those came out great. They really um, did. And the, yeah. sound, the, the and the remastering has been incredible, too. Oh, yeah. No, I, I of course, I have, yeah, got the box set and, you of know, the, the, sing, the extra singles box set and, you know, all that. So, yeah, it's, I got, got a, I'm a completist and, I mean, I mean one, of, one of my good friends works over there also, with, you know, and actually worked on the project. And so, you know, she said, she was sending me stuff. I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is my dream. Mm-hmm. This, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really care about getting music much these days. Like, I mean, I buy a lot of it, but, you know, like the free records and all that that we used to get, it's like, ah, whatever, you know, we're kind of jilted now. Yeah. Um, it's like, I, I like it better when I, when I meet a chef or a bartender that, you know, <laughs> hooks me right, up. Right, right. But, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I would, that was one of the things I was really stoked to get all the, you know, all the stuff. And she got me like an autograph CD and I like, have, have it up on my desk, you know, constantly. So, yeah. Well, that, and that's one of the, that's one of the few, right? It's like, I think yeah. that, you know, doing what we've done for as long as we have is that like an, an autograph is like, but, yeah. but, 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 you know, you get a piece of memorabilia of somebody that you really care about that really like, I, I think it's more about your childhood. It's more about yeah. like, what, what, what brought you to whatever dance this, whatever weird <laughs> fucking dance this is. Yeah. That, that's what, never leaves you like I don't look for like forever I will always be indebted to Heartbreakers Phil and Def Leppard because those are the bands that brought me to those were my gateway bands 
Yep. Oh yeah. Oh no. I heard when you, when you were talking about hysteria, I was like, fuck yeah. You know? So, um, I'm with you on that. So that's, uh, I mean, that, that wasn't my great way record, but no, that, that's awesome that, uh, yeah. you know, that, the, that three that you have there, those are some great gateways. Yeah. That was, uh, hysteria did it, it did a lot. And also like, I think it was, it was, uh, you know, it was in some circles, it was like Def Leppard was still very much a metal band. And for me, I had no older siblings. So for me being able to be like hysteria side by side with no jacket required side by side with invisible touch and, you know, Tom Petty's full moon fever and what it didn't matter. Yeah. You're like, yep. this is great. Like yeah. mu- music is great. I'm, <laughs> I'm nine. This is awesome. Like I didn't. <laughs> no, that's uh, no, it, it is. It is awesome to see that and being able to, uh, to appreciate all those different things. You know, I know you were talking to Austin about, you know, about being able to, you know, you, you weren't, I guess what he was saying about being, you know, his group of friends are a little bit more open for, uh, for different things. But I mean, I know like, Def Leppard, you know, Phil and Tom Petty, those kind of all fall together. They were all on rock radio together. But um, but yeah, it's nice to be able to appreciate kind of three different types of rock and yeah. not be, you know, and, and all that. I so. don't think it was until I, I discovered much heavier music that I and, and, you know, I started getting into hip hop and getting into metal and hardcore that I understood that there were like I understood those bands were there, but I didn't know that it was like everything was kind of like siloed. I didn't right. understand that. I'm like, oh wait, but like it's like I remember vividly buying the Benny Mardones, uh, the the, the single. I still have it. It's like right, <laughs> right. It's like 20 feet from me in my house. Um, of Into the Night when he re- he reissued it in '89. I didn't. I remember going to the mall to going to Queen Center with my with my aunt and uh, and her boyfriend at the time, and they drove me in this fucking rad like um, 1973 mint green Monte Carlo, and we went to <laughs> Queen Center, and I remember buying like it was like Robert. Palmer supernova on tape yeah. uh benny mardone's into the night and i think i bought i think that day i got invisible touch and i remember like they were looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with this kid <laughs> like they thought that i was gonna buy like i don't i don't know what they thought maybe like a public enemy tape or like exodus or like i, I don't fucking know because at that point they were old to me and my aunt was maybe like mid-20s Right. <laughs> and and I was like, well, what's the problem? And then like on the way back, I'm like, can you play the tape? And it was like into the, they're like, why are we doing, what is happening? So I think that like, there's that, I think those kind of things are ingrained in people like you, me, Austin, where it's like, we're just, the, the, the genre lines are so blurred and it's so normal. Right. Like liking a Phil Collins record, even like if it is the brother bear soundtrack. Oh it's yeah. Like, it's not that weird. Well, that, so I, I can't remember if I ever did. I ever send you the Urban Renewal record? Mm-mm. Do you know about this? I don't actually. I don't know. Oh, I have no okay. idea what you're talking about. Okay, so there's a record called Urban Renewal, and it's all hip hop R and B people doing Phil Collins songs. Um, Holy shit! No, I don't. It's it's uh, Montel Jordan, Ray J, Old Dirty Bastard. What um, year was this? I, it's not on the streaming services. I have to find the. I, I'll, I'll, I'll find a link and send it to you. Yeah. But so, so you're talking about like different genres, right? So I'm going to bring Genesis as like the center for all these different genres. And then you have your boys in Nonpoint covering them and, sure. infl- and in flames and disturbed and, right. you know, th- those bands covering them. So you have hip hop R and B, you have metal. Um, a friend of mine sent me, uh, well, actually a friend of mine, a friend of ours, Bob Johnson, mm-hmm. um, sent me, this chill Collins, which was ambient music, oh ambient, band, ambient bands covering Phil Collins. Yes, um, yes. I'll, I'll say, so there's like, there, so there's like, okay, so there's experimental bands. There's all, all these different things all kind of come back to him. So it does, you know, to fill in Genesis or whatever. So it, it I guess it did kind of transcend, That's... Um, you know, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of bands you wouldn't see, you know, I know, what is it? Um, who just uh, was like flesh god apocalypse is just like sample like put a little like lyric from Britney Spears in one of their new My songs god. or something. I, I just love but, that you know. so much. I, <laughs> I I just I just discovered it and again I'm late to the party on this, but I, I have not to the band, but to, to this specific like I you know I I'm huge fan of Weekend Nachos and I went uh-huh. who for those of you that don't know is like a, like they're like a grind hardcore kind of thing it's it's a metal band let's just say that and they never <laughs> not once have ever sung clean and they do uh, there's a two song ep they did in 2015 of um they did say it ain't so and tired of sex by weezer <laughs> and they did a spot on actual cover so it's like i love that i love that like 
these bands that have, you know, even someone like, you know, like, like a Monsell Jordan, where that's like, no, they have their lane. Their lane is clearly carved out, but they're like, no, I fuck with this so hard that yep. I'm going to cover this and, and I'm going to do this. I mean, again, I don't know what his cover is like, but I can imagine it in my head. Weekend Nachos did a straight up like note for note cover. Oh, wow. Of, <laughs> and, it, and it's real, especially the, the, their version of Tired of Sex is really fucking good. But Oh, man. Oh, Melissa's, gonna be, Melissa's least favorite band is Weezer. She's going to be so mad that when she listens to this, that Weezer became part of this conversation. Oh, but God. It's, we, it's, yeah. Listen, it's okay. this ex- so. Weezer is just Neil Young. Weezer made their few good <laughs> records, and now they're just riding through, and everybody else is a kind of like in hopes that they'll one day return to form, and they will never do that. Right. So it's just, you know, it's that, yeah, um, but, 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 you know, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about something that you, when you mentioned nonpoint, you triggered something in me <laughs> where it's, I have, you know, I've known Rob and those guys for 25 years plus right. my, my shitty band used to open up for them when they were nonpoint factor and just, they were a thrash band. It was, you know, crazy times, but they, I don't understand why they didn't do the fill. In this is not a pun. In right. the song, they so they covered in the air tonight. They right. didn't do the fill, the drum fill. And I remember watching a video. Maybe it was definitely during, say, the early part of quarantine, of these two kids that were like hip hop heads. Like they're probably like seventeen, eighteen, maybe. I'm pushing it. And I sat here and watched this video of them watching in the air tonight. Like the, oh, the, that's right. The I, reaction I video. That. Yep, the reaction video. Yep, and I remember that. Yep. Losing their fucking minds and it's like can you imagine that feeling having that feeling for anything but let alone if they knew the history of that like this is this guy that was the drummer of this prog band <laughs> from this upper middle class rich rich boy private fucking school british band they can't find a singer he becomes the singer they turn into this pop global phenomenon that headlines wembley wembley stadium, stadium yeah. in 86 87 and then his but but before his the first taste of solo material you get from him is in the air tonight yeah. like so to to see the reaction they had and then to to, to if you actually knew the story like we do where that's what he did. That's how the record, that's how his solo career kicked off. Right. Yep. It's got to be the biggest flex of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's, uh, yeah. And, and you're saying, I mean, you're saying that as a drummer, right? So it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, but, but, you know, and, and, and I feel it makes, that you, he, makes you proud. No, it, it makes does. You proud. It, it does. Yeah, it's like, as, it's as a drummer yeah. who pretends he can sing. <laughs> yes, it makes me proud, and um, yeah, it's just you know, it's me, Dave Grohl, and Phil Collins. That's it. Yeah, exa- exactly. And and so. uh, and the dude from Jellyfish, and then there it is. Right. Yeah. But but um, but you know, it, it's it, it's insane because I feel that he felt that success ended up making like you know, I think probably his, if not, don't lose my number. I think that I don't care anymore has mm-hmm. got to be his most underappreciated solo hit. Uh, oh yeah. Because I, I feel like he tried to replicate in the air tonight in a way, and at least as a fan, it was like, oh, you're doing like the big build, like the big, like not, you know, the low to the shouting, but fuck, that song is so good. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, yeah, I, ah, uh, there's so many good stuff. <laughs> so many good songs. There are. So many good songs. Is there, so. is there a song in his canon that you absolutely can't listen to that you despise? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to say, because obviously, I mean, as big of a fan I am, like, you know, the later, the later solo records, you know, I, you know, they're good, but there's nothing, you know, I'm not like going back and listening to testify. You I, know? I, I know. You know. I remember buying yeah. that record again, a vintage vinyl. In, yeah. So three and then driving around. Um, I was, I remember this so vividly on the way to Princeton record exchange for work and to put up posters, whatever the fuck I was doing. And I remember listening to it and being like, God, this sucks. <laughs> like, and I, and, I, and I listened to it like three times to make sure it didn't, but it, but it, it, you know, you know, it just yeah. didn't, didn't hit the bar. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like if I'm, if I guess this sounds kind of weird. Like if I'm in a mood for like, kind of like darker progier stuff, I'll skip illegal alien. Yeah. Um, you know, like when I'm listening to that record, I'm like, I, you know, I mean, I love, you know, I mean, that's all it's different, you know, it's still, you know, and just a job to do and all that, but eh, yeah. I'll skip, I'll skip illegal alien sometimes like that's, um, even though I, I still think that whole record is perfect back to front. It is. Um, you know that uh, yeah not counting the stuff that i don't listen to i guess all the stuff i do listen to that would be what i would skip do you listen to we can't dance front to back <laughs> I, I have not done that in a long yeah. time 
Yeah. I have not done that in a long time. I mean, but those those songs are good. You they know? are good. And it's, and it's like, but the funny thing is like, the, like, you know, Jesus, he knows me. Oh, so all, good. All, so all, good. But all I think about, like, with that is is suicidal tendencies, send me your money. You oh, know? no. <laughs> like, I did the I'm same just, thing, especially the uh, video. Yeah. Oh, no, that that's why. You know, the video, I'm like, it's like kind of, you know, they, the same video director. I don't know, you know. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, it was because obviously we're probably the only people that are crossing over Phil Collins, you know, Genesis and Suicidal Tendencies at this moment. Wait, um, I, I, but, I, yeah. I think we need to, you know, the record store day switcheroos. We, I think we need to like, I think we need to make this happen. I think oh, we need that's... to make Suicidal cover Jesus He Knows Me. And we need to make, we need to make Phil cover Send Me Your Money. Send Me Your Money. That would be amazing. If that's, uh, wait, because what? Oh no, the Suicidal is epic, right? Suicidal uh, at that Sony. time, it, yeah, with Sony. With Sony, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, that, that, oh my God, that would be amazing. We'll just put it into the ether, and whoever you know, hopefully somebody listening can make that happen. So they're honestly not that different. No, they're not. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's probably the most commercial suicidal tendency song, right? Oh, so, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, hilarious. But, but I mean, like, yeah. the, and that took balls at the time too for these. Like, you know, there were aging rock stars at that time to make a song that really did, like, it was extremely tongue in cheek. Oh yeah. And, that it was that was ballsy in 1991-1992 that was not you know censorship was was at an all-time high and or, or having censorship on trial and yeah. having a song like that was it was important i think in a way i mean it was a stupid song but i mean that in, in a complimentary way like yeah. it's it's a joke song but it's also a really good fucking song well well also especially how i mean not even we're, ta- we're talking about the u.s i mean they're british i mean how right. how you know how much more religious people are in you know in the uk it's like yeah that was Super risky. You totally. Know, that, the, the more you, yeah, the more I think about it. So yeah. Well, and there's also like I think, uh, and and it was the biggest hit from no, the second biggest hit from that record. But no son of mine is mine. a dark, dark <laughs> pop song. Yep, that's uh, one, yeah, that's one of the darkest, darkest pop songs that was on MTV at the time, probably. Totally. So, and um, I, yeah. So no, that was I now. Tomorrow I'm going to go back and listen to that record like back to front. I haven't I haven't done that in a long time. So yeah, I haven't either. It's been probably yeah. like 20 years. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, no, I, I, like, it's, it's not a knock at the record. Like I'm yeah. sure I, I'm actually now stoked to do this because I feel like I'm going to find something I didn't find before. But I think that you know I I do I listen to calling all stations back to front more than probably other than self titled any other yeah. Phil era. Gen- well, maybe Trick of the Tail. I love Trick of the Tail. I need, I, I, I need to go back because I, I've been listening to a lot of the older records and everything, and more of the like when I'm listening to vinyl, it's more of the Gabriel stuff. Yeah. Um, but I need to, uh, I need to go back and listen to those. You know, the first uh, Phil, Phil singing for Genesis records some more because yeah, it, so, it, it just felt like yeah. this. Like, how do you make a record? That's a natural progression where you lose your front man. I, I know. And they did it, and that that's so quickly. Yeah. Like you, you think of you know ACDC maybe is about like that. That's about as close as it gets. I think going going into like, Back in Black, Back in Black, yeah, right. Maybe yeah. maybe Alice in Chains, but that that also had this huge time gap and a member that died. Where you know with with, with Genesis, like they literally, the, the, it was a year later, like about tw- you know fourteen months later, they put this record out that was written to have Peter on vocals, right. And Phil's like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. I mean, man, he's uh, I, I yeah. It's it's impressive. It's uh, you know, I, I'm sure you know. As I said, most people probably today thought we were gonna be talking some metal band, um, or talking about Fate No More or whatever. And it's just like I'm like I'm I'm in awe of Phil Collins' career. You no, know, but... it's like out of out of everybody that I can you know can think of. No, but that's yep. but that's the thing, yep. right? Is that like you? It's so funny because like one of the questions I always ask, and I know the answer. We talked about it, but yep. is that if if I, I I love to ask people to make the, it makes like I had a, a, there's an episode I haven't put out yet that there's a, a buddy of mine where he like basically has brain broke when I asked him this question, and it's like what would you talk about if it wasn't this? And like even your backup is even like softer than Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's you know it, it's it's so it's I love that I love that because it, it was you and I could probably sit here and talk about Opeth Catatonia Faith No More like right. the, the list is endless and even the weirder bands and like things that only you and I really know about <laughs> but the fact that you chose Phil it just that that it just shows what it means to kind of who you are and where your taste kind of took you 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And it's, you know, I mean, yeah, when I, I was trying to think of that, like, you know, yeah, I could talk about anathema forever, but, uh, sure. you know, but then, but then you'd have two people listening to your podcast also. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, if we talk, if we, if, if we geeked out about all the bands, you know, a lot of the bands you just mentioned, you know, the ratings go down further and further. And I don't want to do that to you. No. You, know, you, have, you have a good thing going here. Hey, so, listen, you know. it's, it's, that is fine. You have to yeah. take, if you know me, you take the good and the bad and you come along. <laughs> like, if, if you open the door to talk about music, we're eventually going to talk about i don't know Snapcase or turn right. it's, it's going to ha- like there there's a future episode coming with amy scaretto and we're going to talk about Snapcase, oh, and, awesome. and she's like are they big enough and i'm like i don't give a shit i'm like i quoted them in my high school yearbook and she's like i quoted them in my high school yearbook i'm like we are talking about Snapcase. awesome oh man that's awesome that's, so uh, sorry to I- runner up hate breed you did not make the cut Oh uh, yeah, no, no. Snap, Snapcase is the only hardcore band that matters. So they are, um, right. I mean, well, yeah. y- you know, the, the, no, no, no offense to the hardcore bands that I've worked with. Sorry, guys, if you're actually, <laughs> if you're actually listening to this, but it's yeah, like, so. you you just made Keith Buckley cry. <laughs> Who, by the way, to circle it back in, they have a great song called "No Son of Mine." <laughs> That's right, they do. I worked that record, yeah. So it's a great, um, great yeah. record. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, w- the last question I want to ask yep. you is so weird for an artist like Phil. Give me the sexiest song that Phil Collins has sung. Who? Sexiest song that Phil Collins has sang. I don't think we're going to walk into a strip club. Not that that's something you and I do. Oh, but... well, maybe the, maybe the Urban Renewal soundtrack would be playing. <laughs> yeah. um, the, ra- the Ray J. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ray J's made some people famous. So. He has. Um, we won't get into that. That's a whole. That's, mm. yeah, I, don't, I don't want to get into like some Bravo conversation here. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the sexiest. Phil Collins song. I mean, I mean Genesis. Obviously, there's nothing in in that. I'm no. like, God, I don't. Is it Easy Lover? I guess. Yeah. I mean that. Maybe that would that would have to be it because all his other, you know, his songs that are more, you know, um, you know, like kind of, you know, I guess geared towards women with, you know, don't lose my number and things like that. That's not really sexy, you know, yeah, and all that. But yeah, easy, easy lover. That's got to, that's got to be it. You're right. I think he's so. more of a lover. Like we're like tonight, yeah. tonight, tonight. Like I think night. he's more of like a, he's a sensual man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, I didn't realize that's how we're going to end this conversation. But yeah, <laughs> I, you know, we, we, we went from Phil Collins being this ugly, you know, rocks, <laughs> like successful rock star to what's his sexiest song? Right, right, um, right, right, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, I mean, look, it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it, I think for, for some bands that we, like, when you talk about Nine Inch Nails, like the eighth, or, or, or Deftones, it's like, it's smacking you literally in the fucking face. We're like, yeah. well, yeah, it's closer. Or, yeah, sure. It's like Passenger or whatever. Right. Or like every song's the Deftones, right? Has like, has like an element of like, there's a, there's, there's a sexiness to what Chino does. Yeah. But when you talk about Phil, or <laughs> no. like, I can't wait for like the Rush episode. We're like, what's the sexiest Rush on? They're like, <laughs> by touring the Snow Dog. No. Goodbye. This is over. This is over. <laughs> right, I, I should have edited the most sensual Phil Collins song. The most sensual. And I, I, Easy Lover, even though it's an upbeat song, I think that's. I, I think you. I, I know you oh, asked the question and answered it. Yeah, um, I did. I, I really. But, I, I did that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's. But no, it. I mean, take me home. I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, take me home is. But that's not. Yeah, that, that that's more of a like that's more of a home sweet home sort of song, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, I'm gonna stick with. It. I mean, even even though it's not his song per se, right? Uh, so I guess so. I, I guess there's a, a caveat there. But so yeah. you're saying he had a partner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Phil Collin. I mean, sorry, Philip Bailey. Sorry, right, that's uh, right. That's yeah. right. So yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's oh well, like I, I mean, against all odds, if we yeah, want to go, yeah. I guess that's uh, that. I mean, I, I love that song. I, I remember trying to find it on the record and not realizing it was just on the soundtrack and being all upset, you know, but. Well, yeah, because um, the money you spent to get or, or like the, you asked for the gift or like, you know, back then it's like if you bought a CD or a tape, you spent all your fucking money to get this thing. Yeah. And if it sucked, you were not happy. Yeah. I didn't want the Against All Odds soundtrack. No, <laughs> you know? no. It was probably, I think it was a rated R movie back then anyway. I probably couldn't even see it. You there know? you go. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I guess Against All Odds, I think might be uh, might be another one. Listen, even though it's, you know, 
for, so. for someone that slept with their nanny, I think it's only appropriate that we that we <laughs> ended with that. We end on this note. I'm gonna. This is gonna haunt your dreams now. I'm so sorry, Melissa. I, I'm oh. so sorry. <laughs> Mark, oh, this was goodness. fucking awesome. I love. Oh. I love that. Like, I think you you hit the nail on the head. That it's like there's there's an expectation with what we do or like the people that know us where it's like you know there to, to see that like maybe we talk about a band like asia or europe or something like that like it's not expected and right. i think that phil collins is even deeper into that where it's like we would be expected to talk about a catatonia or whatever we're not expected to talk about this and i think that that's that's amazing that this is what you chose. And even your backup, like I said, is like a Prince fanatic. It's even further down the, down the <laughs> yeah. rabbit hole. So, yep. um, yeah, man, this is awesome. And I, oh, I, no, I, thanks, dude. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Finally got to do this, you know? And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good, good way to end the year, you know? So It, it is. I'm, it is. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really stoked. So. Yeah, man. Well, look, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, if you want to uh, to follow Mark on social media, it's at Shap No More, which should tell you you know nothing about the band that he likes. <laughs> or, uh, or, or, or pays my salary. Yeah. Or pays um, a yeah. salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little, little bit here and there. Um, Mark, thank you so much, man. And look, when, when, when this is all said and done, which for those of you that don't know don't know us or don't know Mark, is that the, the my birthday trip for when I turned 40 in March that was supposed to happen that feels like a decade ago we yeah. will eventually get to the bourbon trail and drink all the bourbon and uh until then thank you so much for doing this man it means a lot to me dude, dude, thank you thank you so all, all right. right i will uh, i'm sure i'll talk to you tomorrow <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. thanks mark